0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of She's That Girl podcast. Today, I have a special guest with me. Her name is Alicia. I've known her, I think, for about a year now. So she is the abuse coach who helps support women who've gone through abuse, helps them rise up into the women that they are born to be, and she does that through fitness, mindset, and so much more. So welcome, Alicia. Tell us a little a little bit about you um, and just anything that we need to know. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on here.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm Alicia on the abuse, like you said, but really, like, I want to take you guys back to where I was before I was able to share my story, before I was able to take a stand for other women who've gone through abuse, because it started with my own story. And I grew up in a household of, you know, my dad is a doctor. We moved around a lot. Um, we even lived in China at one point, and I loved my childhood. I got to meet a lot of different people. But where it really started to change for me was when I moved back to Colorado where I'm from and um, this family member started treating me differently. And I remember it started off with just being like, these games and and they didn't make me feel good, but I was like, okay, like, you know, he's family and I kind of grew up with, you know, family sticks up for each other no matter what, you know, um, you don't tell on family, all this kind of stuff. And so when it started to progress, I just remember thinking like, this is not okay. Deep down, I knew it wasn't okay, but um, he started saying things to me like, you know, no one's going to believe you anyways. If you really wanted to stop, you would have said something in the first place. You know, this is your fault. No, everyone's going to think you're weird. Why would you tell anybody? Mm And so I started to believe those things. But after, so I was 11 years old when this started to really happen, and then it, it lasted for two years until I was 13. And throughout that time, I was like, okay, I... I'm going to tell somebody and I would try to tell a friend or, um, you know, one of my brothers and I would get out a little bit, but then I would always stop. I would always, you know, I would ask them, like, do you do this with your family members? And they're like, no, why, why are you asking that? I was like, oh yeah, no, no. And I could never get it out. And to be honest, like looking back, like, I didn't even know what the word sexual abuse meant. I had never heard about it. Um, never in school or at home, um, been talked about. And so, when it started to progress, I started to do things like cut myself, drink, party, do stuff so with guys, and it lasted for like two years until finally um, when I thought my moment of relief was when my mom came to me and asked me and said she found out through an email that he had sent me, and so I never ended up actually having to tell anybody, so my story is a little bit different, but my mom came to me, and she was like, hey, tell me what happened between you and this family member, and I got out what little I could because it was still really hard to talk about. And she looked at me at the end and said, Alicia, it takes two. And so when she said that, I reaffirmed like everything in my mind that it was my fault that I, you know, I brought this on myself, all those things. So I put up a wall, I put up a mask of like, okay, you know what, yep, it's over now. I'm okay, and I'm I'm just gonna go throughout life. And so for 16 years through high school, I partied, I drank, I just started doing stuff with other guys a lot, um, doing all those things. And and even through college, I did. And really, like the turning point was finally when I um, I thought I was in a career that I was passionate about. I started working with these girls who had gone through sex trafficking. And I loved working with these women. These are these women, these girls. They were eleven to seventeen year olds. And I would come home, and I would talk to my fiance. And this is about three years ago, so he was my boyfriend at the time. But I would talk to him, and I and he'd be like, "You're so." For one, I would talk to him, and I, I would complain a lot. I'd be like, "I'm exhausted, you know. I I can't believe this." And, and you know, because in, in those fields, like I wasn't getting paid much. I was bartending on the side. I was doing school. I was trying to have a relationship. All these things so that I could stay busy all the time. And and he came to me one day and he was like, Alicia, how can you help these girls when you have never helped yourself? And
0: I was like, oh, shit. You're like, I did,
1: not, I did not want to hear that. And, oh, I was like, see you later. Like, took my space. I did not want to hear that because I was so upset because I, I had this wallet that I was okay. And I was like, how dare he ask me that or say that to me. And, and so it was really hard but that was actually one of the best moments of my life because it made me look back. It made me realize like, yeah, I actually don't even know who Alicia G is. I've spent so much of my life serving others, showing up for others, being busy all the time, doing things for others so that I could not take the time just hang out with myself. I would always have people around because I didn't wanna hang out by myself. And so when, when I had that moment and, and, and yes, I came back to Eric and I was like, actually, thank you. <laughs> uh, and I was, like, I was like, okay, fine. Yes, you are right. And, um, what was amazing about Eric was that like, he was actually one of the first people person that I even told about my story, um, about a year or two beforehand. And he kind of just saw that I was like, still, like I might've said, told my story to him because I finally felt safe enough to share it with him but I had still not really confronted it and I still not really realized who I was. And so that was like the moment of change. And for me, what helped helped me next was like, for one realizing I wasn't okay, because I think me and you know, this actually like no one drinks until they're absolutely drunk every single night and don't remember the night if they're okay, if they're a happy girl. girl, like absolutely go have fun, do that kind of stuff. But when you look back, I'm like, there are so many signs that I wasn't okay. Um, and so I, I, admitting that I wasn't was a really huge changing point for me. And I was like, okay, what's next? How, what can I do? And so I really just took this step back. I stopped working with the girls who had gone through sex trafficking. I was like, hey, this is my time to realize who I am. And I did that through fitness. A, a huge part was through fitness is because when I was going through the abuse, the gym was the one place I felt safe and I got away from the abuse and I felt like physically and mentally strong. And so I was like, okay, you know, I can help other people with their fitness. So I started helping other people with their fitness. But I was like, at the end of the day, fitness is not just for me about seeing results in, in, in your body and outside appearance. Fitness actually saved my life during the abuse and it helped me rebuild who I was now. And so when I realized that, I was like, I don't want to just work with anyone. I want to work with women who have gone through abuse to help them realize that fitness is one of the best ways to fight for yourself after a painful life experience, after abuse, after so many things. And so I started teaching women and I started becoming a coach and really it has tra- like transpired. Like we still do talk about fitness a lot, but really it, I also go deeper into, um, you know, I have programs out there, just abused is not my name and focusing on, hey, yes, this did happen to you and it was hard and it was painful. But this is your time to not believe what your abuser has said about you and to reclaim who you are. And so that's where I'm at now is I run these programs, I do coaching one-on-one, group coaching. But all of that started from really uh oh, realizing that I wasn't
0: okay. Yeah. And that I Go first. That's huge. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story yeah. because I know it's not easy, but the fact that you're able to stand up every day and that you've created these programs to help women who have gone through exactly what you've gone through just shows your strength and your courage. And I can only imagine the lives that you are changing and how these women step into like who they're actually meant to be and they stop wearing their abuse as a title, you know? Or as as like a bruise on them and they kind of feel kind of like they don't want, know what to do next. And fitness in so many aspects saves people's lives, you know? And I was actually talking to another friend about this a few days ago where fitness kind of seems surface level, you know? Everyone starts with, I want to lose weight, right? Or I want to gain weight or whatever it is. But it's actually so much deeper than that because fitness, whenever you start to move your body and you start to use that energy to focus on something that will better yourself and you take out how you want to look and you just say I'm moving my body because it makes me feel good because it helps me you know get away it besides drink you know not numbing into the sense of like drinking and stuff so I think that's absolutely incredible so how did you start your healing process I know when your fiance Eric or boyfriend at the time Eric was like yo uh, you're not healed yet either, right? He kind of noticed yeah. it before you did. So, yeah. what what did you do? What are some actionable actionable steps that you took to kind of get to where you are and be okay with you know what you'd gone through? Yeah. Yes. So, like I said, like
1: that first phase was really actually admitting that I wasn't okay. Then what I did was I looked back at like what am I still believing that my abuser has said about me, and and it, the fact that it was my fault. And the fact that he said that, you know, no one's ever going to love you and and in hearing it over the social media and the media saying that, you know, I was broken since I've gone through abuse and that I'm never going to have a healthy relationship. And and all those things are things that I took on as my identity. I took on that I wasn't OK. I took on that I wasn't enough. And so really replacing those words. So like writing out what he had actually Said to me and and crossing it off and replacing with who I actually am. And at that time, like I didn't know who I was. And so like I wrote things down, like I am working on my confidence. I am working on these things because it wasn't a, I'm confident all of a sudden, like all, you know, and and confidence is something you have to learn, but those are things that I wanted to start rebuilding. And I want to start being confident in who I was again, and not just like surface level confidence where like you walk around thinking like, uh, wanting everyone to know that you're fine, you're quote unquote fine all the time, <laughs> yeah. but actually like be okay and, and walk into a room and not care what people think because I know who I am. And so I started just to reclaim who I was. And, and I had a coach and I had certain people in my life. And you know, like Eric was one of those people who took a stand for me. I have a coach, Tara, who's taken a stand for me. And, and so that's really what happened was I took this time to focus on who I was. I built that routine again, I cause I was just waking up every day, rushing to work, rushing to do all these things for everybody else. And I wouldn't even start my day with, with water. You know, and so those are like little things that now I've replaced to actually have a routine in life. Because sometimes we're like, you know, we want to do these things. And you talk about this all the time. Like you can want to do these things, but if you don't have a plan in place, they are not going to happen if you don't have accountability in place. They are not going to happen, and so I had that accountability from Eric being like, "Okay, you said you were going to go to the gym. You said that you were going to start reading and doing all this stuff, and really learning." I wanted to start learning and, and learning things that it was enjoyable to learn. Like, how do you actually be a successful human being? <laughs> not just like college, not just like you know history classes, whatever it was. Like, hey, how do I be financially free? How do I actually start like loving myself deeper than just? Um, the surface level things, like you know, my body or whatever it was, and so I really just took the time to grow and to learn, and and really ultimately the the main part of my healing was actually showing up, like and serving others when I was ready to serve others. Yeah, I took that time a year off of and in every like you know it sounds like selfish. It's like you know Alicia serving is a great thing to do, and it's like yes, absolutely. But when you're not filling up your own cup and you're going out and serving others and not dealing with the own, your own stuff that's happening in your own life, then it's really hard to show up for others and it's exhausting and you just you mask
0: can't. It, you know, what You can't serve them yeah. in the way that you're meant yeah. to if you're not okay yeah. yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's, so that's it's good. So that was process. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think one of the biggest points here to take away from starting your healing process is in in other terms, like take out all the noise around you, right? And sit with yourself and say, hey, if I stop taking, if I take away all of these, these distractions, work, relationship, drinking, partying, whatever it is, if I take away all these things and I just sit with myself for a moment and I am not okay and I can't do that, then there's work to be done, right? And I, I again, I was talking to one of my other friends about this the other day too, is that healing is such a lonely process right it's scary it feels dark it's uncomfortable because if you've never sat with yourself in silence before and you get fidgety or you go to pour that glass of wine to numb those feelings there's there's something else going on there you know and i think it takes a lot of courage and bravery to say like all right we've got to put everything everything to the side right now and i've got to figure out how to make myself okay because if i can't do that then what am I here for? You know, and if you're just gonna go through the motions of life, you're just existing, and you're not living, right? And we're here to do more than just exist. So so much more than just exist. Oh,
1: right now is a time that we can choose and yes we're getting out of quarantine but we have been home stuck at home with ourselves with people in our lives that either are uplifting us during this time or who are bringing us down and the reality is is that a lot of people are going through more abuse at home right now and know, realizing that they, they do get to take that stand for themselves and if you're out of the abuse even after the abuse if you haven't talked about it like staying home can be so hard like you said being alone can be so hard but it is also so healing to take that time to slow down and to not just be busy mm-hmm. and to, to talk to yourself and hey hey Alicia like are you okay today yeah like, hey girl <laughs> yeah
0: yeah what's going on yeah. No big deal. Yeah. yeah. Talk to yourself. And yeah. one other thing I want to point out is when you said these sort of journaling and stuff, you didn't say, you didn't start with journaling of I am confident. You said I am in the process of being confident or I am yes. in, you know, the making of yeah. being confident. I love that because when people start journaling and they start doing, you know, mindset work and stuff like that, it's almost a disconnect, right? Like let's just say, for example, oh, yeah. someone's like, I'm a millionaire, but you're not yet. Saying that, yeah. it's, it's hard to believe because it's disconnected, right? So instead yeah. of saying... I am something that you're not yet and that's okay that you're not confident or you know, whatever it is yet but if you say I'm in the process of becoming whatever yes. it is, then that helps you connect to it and believe it more, right? Because yeah. it's true because you are in the process of doing it. So that's another thing that I want to point out because a lot of people message me and say, how do you start a morning routine? How did you start journaling? What are some mindset tips? And one of the biggest tips that we can take away from what you just said is don't say something that you're not yet because <laughs> you're already just. Dis- yeah. Then you're not in alignment with it and you're already disconnected. <laughs> yeah. And you
1: already almost feel like you're a fa- like failing. Yes, it, yes. Know? That's what's hard about it is because sometimes, like we, we, for one, we've already thought that we've had so many other failures in our life. As as women, especially, like we take on the world as as our um, as our failures if we quote unquote aren't doing okay right now. And and so when you add that to journaling, it can be really defeating. And it's like, why would I ever want to journal because I never feel good? Like, yeah, I, I I'm healed, and you're like, no, I'm not. And so, like, I am working on my healing. I am taking steps to feel better every single day. And, like, things like that, because, like, those are things to remind you that those are the things you're focusing on right now. It doesn't have to be this, like, huge step. You know, like, even adding one thing every single day would be really supportive. And so I think that's amazing that you pointed that out again because it is so important to know that, like, you don't need to be a better version of yourself. Because sometimes when it's, like, I, I am confident. I am da-da-da. It's like, no, you're, you're working on those things because, you know, you're going back to who you were meant to be as, like, a child before the abuse happened, before the world told you who to be. You're just working on going back to that person. And so it's, it's not, like, about being, tra- like, a total transformation. I used to call myself the transformational coach. I'm like, yeah, I love seeing people that have amazing, you know, changes in their life but really like I want to teach them to go back to who they always were. And that was a strong little girl and they get to come like, come back to that. And so, um,
0: that's yeah. huge. Who you are at your core is who you are, right? And even yeah. at your core, you're phenomenal. So let's just get you back to who you are. Yes. Let's not transform. Yes. Let's just get you back. That's really cool. Yes. That's really cool. Um, okay. So what came up for you when you started to share your story? You know, cause I'm sure it was scary. What family members would think, what friends would think, what people who had no idea what you had gone through, what came up during that process for you?
1: Yeah. When I finally realized that I needed to share my story to support others, I was like, if I could support one person, would I do it? And the ultimate answer was yes. But of course, right after that, yes, it was a million different things of why I shouldn't. And it was like, I don't want to be labeled as the girl who's gone through abuse. I don't want to be labeled as broken. I don't want to be seen differently, um, those kind of things. But ultimately, I realized like those are selfish things. Because at the end of the day, like I said, if I could help one person who's gone through abuse, not have to do it on their own and not have to struggle for 16 years on their own, you know, doing some things that weren't supportive, would I do it? And I said, yes. And so, yes, I had to have hard conversations. And one of those was with Eric, um, my fiance. And I was just like, Hey, you know, so you know I, you know, shared your story to you and maybe one or two other people. Well, now I really want to go out and share it with the world and I want to share it. And he was like, so, Whoa, <laughs> Yeah, so he was, you know, he was like, uh, okay, you know, that means like my mom, like everyone would know about it. And I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people, and and so, um, but when when I started getting more confident about it, when I started believing in myself, being like, no, I don't, because because for a while when you're starting anything, you, you get in your head of like, oh, I need I need to do one more something with education. I need to learn something else. I need to do something else. I'm too young. I'm too. No, I'm not. I'm not enough. And and you get in your head, but when I started realizing like, no, I have a gift to support women who've gone through abuse, and it's my story and it's my programs that are supporting women, and I actually started believing in that. Other people around me started believing in me too. I started enrolling people in my life, they are like, Yeah, absolutely, go share your story. Um and Eric has been one of the biggest supporters, and of course it's not easy for him to have to hear, you know, his family like talk about the abuse. And to talk about these hard topics and have women come to me all the time sharing their own stories. But when, when I showed up confidently, like, he realized that, like, no, like, there's no stopping me for one. Yeah. And for, like, yeah, this is something that we need to start talking about. Because for so long, like, the people just, you know, brush it off. And and right now, a lot of stuff is coming up in the news. It's coming up. And, and it's, it's a hard time hearing all this stuff about how uh, prevalent abuse is but really it's an exciting time because we're talking about it now because before I would post, even when I first like, you know, started sharing my story, I would get like two likes, you know, whatever it was, no one would talk about it. And now I have people sharing. I have people messaging me. I have right. people liking commenting. and the last video I did just about sex trafficking was 5,000 views. Usually my like stories on that get 200 views. And so like the time is like now to stand up for ourselves and it's just an exciting time. And and you, and you that started because I was willing to stand up and to share my story and to take a stand for women who've
0: gone through abuse. Yeah, it's so, hard. It's hard for sure. So yeah. I always say that if you're going to start something new or if you're afraid to share your story because of what other people will think, you're letting the opinion, the opinion of them or the fear of what they're thinking hold you back, yeah. right? And why would you live a life in the restraints of the... Of the thought of someone else, you know. Absolutely. So why would That's you? That's not lo-
1: something I love about Yashin. Like you, just say what's on your mind because you're willing to take a stand for the things you believe in. Yeah. And we all sure. need to get that passion and excitement back because this is a time that women are actually rising up and standing for what they believe in, and we're not just on the sidelines anymore. Like we are actually
0: making a movement. Yeah. And. I know it's cool. It's crazy because it's almost the world today. It's kind of, it's all about perspective, right? Of course, there's a ton of stuff going on that is awful, right? And it's hard to hear. And sometimes you just take on the energy of the world and you're like, how are we ever going to get through this? But you can also think about it. What an exciting time to be alive and what an exciting time to make a change. We get to talk about the things that aren't being talked about, right? We no longer sweep things under the rug. We actually get to make a difference and you can't make a difference if you don't talk about it. It doesn't matter how hard it is, but then once you talk about it, you start the healing process, and then the healing process takes you to the the fucking golden land and you get to live yeah. life and be who you're meant to be and yes. do all of these things before yeah. you were afraid, you know? Um, so that kind of takes know. me into my last point. Whenever you're talking about Eric, your fiance, which it's phenomenal that he supported you through the process. Cause I can only yeah. imagine how hard that is for him. So tell me a little yeah. bit about how working through the abuse with him, how did that change change your guys' relationship? Like tell me all about that.
1: Yeah. So working through it with him. So, so in the beginning I was actually known, um, with all of his friends as the emotionless girl, (laughs) because I had no emotions and I was just like, had a wall up that I was okay. But, but again, like I would never get deep. I would never share anything personal. And so like working through the relationship and actually realizing he is someone who is safe. I can tell him my story actually allowed him to start being more vulnerable with me too. And really, like, you know, and it took years, probably, like, three years down the road was where, like, he started having really deep conversations with his friends and not just living this, like, surface-level life with people and really taking it to the next level. And then on top of this, when I started my my company with, with talking about abuse all the time and sharing my story, he's like, man, like, if she can do this and share her story of abuse, like, I can be more open and honest and vulnerable. And, I mean, ultimately, like, that's how I got this ring on my finger. <laughs>
0: She has a rock on her fucking hand. i not even kidding, guys. Because he was
1: like, "I'm gonna wait until I'm 30 to get married," and and for me, I was like, "Sure, whatever." Marriage, like, I didn't really care about that either. He had this idea that he like had to like live his life and do all this stuff. But then like when he actually started getting deep in like what he actually wanted and vulnerable and honest with himself, because that's like really what I would process I was going through and I took him along with me, he was like, Actually, I wanna marry you now, like you don't need to wait And I was like, Yes.
0: I love it, I love it, you guys. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. It's take him five years, but that's, that's okay. right. Better late than never. You know, yeah. we're good. Everything happens at the right time. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, that's cool. So, so just being more of who you are, right? Being yourself yeah. and sharing your story and showing him the courage that you have yeah. made him yeah. essentially love you even more and yes. say, yo, you're mine forever. You know, Absolutely,
1: because it has to start with you because people see you as who you say you are. And so when you're saying that you're okay, when you're saying that, you know, you're okay with a man talking to you the way he talks to you, or you're okay with him, um, quote unquote, okay with the relationship, if it's violent, if it's abusive, whatever it is, then they keep going slash like, that's who you start attracting because they don't value you because you're not valuing yourself. Mm -hmm. And so when I started valuing myself, our relationship changed. And and yes, like we loved each other from the the beginning, but really like it started getting healthier and healthier because I was like, actually like I am standing up for myself and he was like, oh, I better stand up for her too. And and so that's what I would encourage you guys in is that you're like, maybe you're not in a relationship yet and you're like, well, I want to be in one, check with yourself first, Mm -hmm. stand up for yourself first, know who you are first. And it's not just like, know who you are girl, like you can do it on your own. It's like, no, like really take the time to be like, am I okay? And how do I want to show up in this world? And you can show up. And this action, like, is also something I love. Is like, it, we don't just have to be okay. We get to be phenomenal. We get to be like financially stable. We get to like have the most amazing companies. We get to travel the world. Like, we don't have to just be okay in life. Right. We get to be so much more than that. And, and even coming from someone who's gone through abuse, I want to encourage you that yes, healing and freedom is possible. there's so much more after that yeah it's exciting
0: i know that's so cool i did a podcast on this the other day too where it's like it's easy to be average you know like that's the easy part it's not hard i mean it is hard to make the changes to be more than okay and be more than good but when you do make those changes like It's 1,000% possible, and it does sound to your friends who are okay with being average, it sounds crazy to them when you're like, I'm going to build a company, I'm going to talk about my story, I'm going to build X, Y, and Z. They're like, okay, yeah, you're fucking nuts, but then once they start to see you actually doing it, they're like, whoa. What is that? You know, when they see that there's a man yes. that can actually love you and support you, you're like, wait, that is possible. You know, you don't have to yes. settle for anything. So that's exactly. so cool. And you don't even have to say you're okay with that. Like yeah. sometimes
1: we get in our head, we're, like, we're okay without a relationship. We're okay with this. It's like no, if you want a relationship, you get to stand up and proclaim that. Like I want to be in a healthy, strong. Relationship, and you get to find that. Like you yeah. get what you say in life, and and you don't have to just be okay with if your friends aren't aren't going for their dreams. You're like, well, and and related to like abuse. Like if if some people in your life like are saying that, hey, you know, one out of four girls have gone through abuse. Like you're no different. Your story doesn't matter. Like you get to find people. That, For one, you need to get away from those kind of people and and have better people in your life. Um, But Sadly, that happens a lot. Those stories happen a lot, and 84% of people aren't believed when they first are um, are told about abuse, or when they share their story. 85% have no one believe them. And so, like, knowing that, like, you get to find people who are willing to take a stand for you and who are willing to heal and not just be okay after abuse because there are people out there that are ready to support you and love on you, and you don't just have to be... Okay, anymore.
0: Yeah, that's good. I love it. Oh my goodness, girl. Okay, so if someone out there is listening to this and they've gone through abuse or, you know, they're afraid to share their story and they never have, or maybe they have shared their story but they haven't really started the healing process, how can we get a hold of you? How can they start to work with you? What do you have going on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I love just hopping on a phone call because at the end of the day, like, I don't know what the best step is for you until I hear where you're at. Most of the time, I love when women go through my course, Abused is Not My Name, and really um, taking off the label of being abused and redefining yourself. And it's a five-week self-paced course, which is amazing. But really, ultimately, like, I would love to get on the phone and talk to you where you're at so that I can either tell you about one of my courses or one of my programs Or I will absolutely be honest. If there's something else I think is best for you, I will share that with you as well. Because at the end of the day, like, we get support in life. We're not meant to do life on our own. So reach out. You're not alone. And you get that support.
0: Yeah. People need people, right? Like, it doesn't matter how strong or independent you are. People need people at the end of the day. Um, So don't be afraid to reach out. And I think it's really cool that, obviously, whenever you were going through the abuse, It was obviously awful, right? But now you can help people who have, right? And so you're able to use your story. And so she can relate to you guys, you know? So if you've gone through abuse in any sort of way, you're not talking to someone who doesn't know what you're talking about. She knows what you're talking about, and she can help you and support you in that way. So reach out to her. Shoot her a DM. Where can we find you on social media? How do we get a hold of you?
1: Yep. So it's Alicia, A-L-I-S-H-A underscore We Lift to Rise on Instagram. Um, Alicia G., Still, Alicia G on Facebook, Alicia A L I S H A, spelled a little differently, and then G E E. Um, and yeah, just message me. I, I usually get back to you in one to two days, and we can set up a phone call.
0: Cool. I love it. I'll put all of her information in the show notes so you guys know where to find her. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Don't forget to screenshot and share so we can say thank you and slide in your DMs and just see how we can Absolutely. support you. Um, and don't forget to be that girl, you guys.